Welcome to the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast. Working in the early years is busy, funny, messy and exhausting. Join me, Shana, and the rest of the Twinkle EYFS team as we talk honestly about our experiences as practitioners, teachers and professional nappy changers. Whether you're listening to increase your CPD hours or catching up on our antics whilst driving home from work, Twinkle EYFS will share everything you need to know about all things early years. Shana here to give you another episode of Twinkle Talks EYFS and this week's is a really special one. Now we know it's the middle of the summer holidays for most of us and hopefully you are enjoying some downtime but we do know that September is coming and if you're new to early years it could feel quite daunting so this episode is dedicated to anyone who is new to early years whether you're a trainee teacher an ECT or you're moving from a different key stage we would love to give you some support to help you feel ready for September but before we get there here's Katie with another round of only in the EYFS this week in only in the EYFS what do God a lady vicar and a doctor all have in common no I'm not about to tell you the beginning of a joke but according to a local child, it's the fact that none of them wear stethoscopes around their necks. At least that's what they said at a local christening. Tracy Bain has recently had the presence of her boobies questioned by a child who stated that they weren't there the other day. Um, I think they probably were, pal. We've had reports from Steve Taylor who's had his job status questioned by four reception children when they asked if he worked. Another child stepped in to say, how can he work? He only plays with us every day. Playing doesn't pay the bills, kid. That's it for this episode. Tune in next time for more antics in only in the EYFS. (laughs) Thanks, Katie. Always a laugh to hear what you guys have been up to. And I guess it is a little insight into the real life of early years. Now, don't be afraid. It's a lot of fun. And to prove that, we have got three amazing guests here today to bring some encouragement and advice for your first year in early years. We've got Ashley from the Twinkle ECT and Trainee Teachers segment. And we've got two wonderful volunteers who are teachers at the moment. One has just finished her ECT year in nursery and the other is coming into early years in September after spending some time in year two. So hopefully we've got all bases covered. Let's go and have a chat with them. so good to have you here today we have got three really really amazing practitioners here to come and help us and help you guys get ready for September whether you are new to early years and new to teaching as a whole maybe you're an ECT maybe you are a student teacher or you are from a different key stage and you're thinking oh my goodness they are so small don't worry we've got you we've got some really lovely guests here today to come and help us out we've got Kaylee, Michaela and Ashley so I'm going to let them introduce themselves Hello, my name is Ashley. You might um, have seen me on the trainee and ECT team at Twinkle. And I'm just on this podcast to help any of you who are new to teaching feel comfortable about moving into early years or just as a teacher in general. 
I'm Kaylee. I currently work at a school in Deal, Warden House. I'm currently in year two, but I'm moving to be a team leader in early years next year. Hi, my name's Michaela. I am a early years ECT, moving to year one in September, and I teach in a private school in Bedfordshire. Oh, thank you, guys. See, we've got the whole gang. I really like it because I feel like I can do the early years part. Like I've been in early years for 10 years and I've done kind of various jobs in there, like leadership and nursery reception, but, you know, things like that. We've got Ashley, who is the ECT guru. If you've not listened to their podcast, also go over there, you know, Team Twinkle. We're going to plug each other. Uh, So she's going to be really good at supporting us in terms of how to get ready uh, if you're an ECT or new. And then we've got people who are in it already. Michaela's just finished her ECT year. Congrats, by the way. Well done. So she's been through what you guys are going through right now. And then on the other hand, we've got Kaylee, who's in the exactly same position. She's coming from year two and she's going to come and be a team lead in early years. So she's going to have some questions that are probably on your mind as well. So, gang, we've got it together. I feel like we're the Scooby-Doo of early years today. I don't I don't (laughs) want to brag. Uh, So especially for ECTs, um, Michaela, how was doing your ECTs and your training during the pandemic what was that like um it was difficult I'm not going to lie yeah um so I trained um just as the pandemic sort of came to height really whenever it started when it was first back in 2020 um I I was doing a PGCE in early years and uh, with that, I had to do some placements in Key Stage 1, Key Stage 2 and a big placement in early years. Yeah. So the way that my university had sort of set it all out was like, we will do the early years one at the very end because then, you know, you'll be doing your full 90%, 80% timetable in the early years. Um, unfortunately for us, we stopped placements in March of 2020 when COVID came in meaning I didn't actually get a placement in early years at all even though I have got a PCE in early years but I have got a lot of experience in daycares and um, private nurseries and things like that before I went to do my PGCE thankfully my uh, school that I'm working at at the minute sort of we worked together in my first year and I worked unqualified as such um and I was the nursery teacher in there for a year and then started my ECT in what was my second year at that school um and I'm now going into my third year what I find most difficult about doing my training in the in the during the pandemic wasn't that uh, I didn't get to do my placement it was more the the assessment side of it and writing you know my um assignments because a lot of your end of year assignments are based on your placements. Oh, of course. So um, I was having to try and, you know, think back to things that I was doing in like November. And I was writing this assignment in like May, June time. And I was trying to do my evidence uh, folder and, and whatnot. And it, it was really difficult, that side of it it, it, it. it wasn't the experience, if that makes sense. It was more the, uh, I didn't have the evidence to, to write my assignments if that makes it's, it's difficult but then my ECT year in this school kind of because COVID was coming to an end 
Uh, it started off a lot of my CPD staff was online. Uh, I think I've kind of experienced being an ECT mid-pandemic and then also towards the end, it was kind of everything was get, going back to normal. I can say that I do prefer it in person because then you get to meet others and share that experiences and things. It's, it, it's harder online. Yeah. Yeah. As we say, ironically, while we're doing a podcast online. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, one day, one day I will get an office. I'll get a podcast place, people, and you will be invited over. I promise. I've got a whole Pinterest board ready. Like, I'm so ready. Um, but yeah, that sounds really tough. And in a way, Michaela, I'm kind of thinking that, like you say, because you had uh, the start of the pandemic and the end of the pandemic, in a way that's harder because you can't really settle. Everything's just changing throughout your whole ECT and you're constantly having to adapt. Ashley, were you getting other Twinkle customers that were doing the same or feeling the same way? Yeah, I mean, I joined after the pandemic. So I was in schools um, in person during the pandemic as a one-to-one LSA. Um, But the team that I work within, um, they had to deal with with everything going on. We had the pandemic of trying to support teachers teaching online and how to do that during their training year, ECT year. And then we also had the whole new ECT induction that came in place as well. So it was very busy for the team to try and get their head around everything and support everyone online with so many changes and so many different things. But yeah, we have seen a definite um, upturn in customers needing our support um, for the pandemic and just generally just trying to understand what is going on. <laughs> I feel like that's our daily really. life, isn't it? it like, is. what, what, what's going on? And if you if you haven't worked in early years already, <laughs> Kaylee, you'll be saying that on the daily. What is yeah. going on? Um, <laughs> you, it'll be, but it's fun. It's really hilarious. Um, but for you, Kaylee, I know you weren't an ECT, but you were in year two. How was how was teaching in the pandemic? And you were abroad, were you not? Yeah, so I was abroad during the pandemic. I think we remember hearing about lockdowns happening across the country. At the time, we thought, oh, this would be quite exciting. We get a week off. We won't have to do anything. <laughs> Little did we know, two years later. <laughs> Little did we know, exactly. And then from then on, I think we went over the course of about a year and a half, we went back to school for maybe a couple of weeks. Apart from that, we had to teach every lesson live, online, throughout the whole pandemic. So it's quite intense. I can imagine. It's almost harder to teach from your house than it is in person. Oh, yeah. I found I was working a lot later into the evenings just because I was probably a little bit lazier at home than I would be yeah, at school. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's like, well, I work from home now and I, I, I have to make the effort to get up and come to this room. And uh, if my manager's listening, um, I'm doing loads of work. I'm busy all the time. <laughs> um, but it, it, it was definitely a change, wasn't it? So yeah, doing that in the pandemic, while there are 30 odd kids relying on you and parents in the background and just, oh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, so it's been, it's been a fun couple of years, guys. But don't worry, I feel like this September is going to be really different. It's going to be really different and a, little, a lot more positive, I think. I feel like even though it was hard over the pandemic, We've all learned a lot and I feel like we can all, you know, uh, really support each other in September. Uh, So uh, a bit of an interesting one, actually, because we've got, you know, um, Kaylee, you have been training. You've been a teacher for a couple of years. So you were an NQT, which is what I did. And I believe actually you probably did that as well. I was NQT as well. There you go. And then so we now we've got Michaela, who's an ECT. So I want to know what's the what's the difference between an NQT um, experience and an ECT experience we only did it in the one year Michaela you get two what, does it did it feel better um at the start 
I was all for having the two years and I thought, oh, fantastic. You know, what's an extra year with some support? I get some more time out of class. Like, I thought it was great. Now I've finished my first year, I'm like, oh, for goodness sake, I've got another year to do. I just want it over oh. and done with. Yeah. But in it, I think if I look at it positively, I do get another year of support and mm. I get another year of all the access to the CPDs. Yeah. I'm just the kind of person who just likes to get things I don't like. I just like to get to the end of things, get them finished. I'm so with you. And I hate being like stuck in this like lull kind of stage. So uh, I think I just need to slow down and actually just enjoy and embrace what I have got. Um, because yeah, I think mm. I'm quite lucky to get another year, but I do know that a lot of people are not happy with the fact that it's been stretched over two years now. Oh, well, I can see Ashley shake, like nodding away. Ashley, give us the goss. What have you been hearing? <laughs> no, we've we've had some comments. It's it's something that you know, as as a team, we are quite aware of. That's an opinion that is quite popular at the moment. Um, and and we are the same as what Michaela said. We're just trying to promote the positive aspects of it. So it's the extra time outside of the class. It's having that mental that you can talk to. And and the way I look at it is, even though we were NQTs, we would then be RQTs after that. So you were the recently qualified teacher. So it was that's true. I think the only thing that comes from it is is the observations and things. People are, are getting to the end of the tether of thinking they've got another formal assessment at the end of it, and and how potentially dramatic it can be if you if you fail that so there, there is um obviously some anxieties that come from that but yeah we're, we're well aware of, <laughs> of um the opinions of that and it is it is one of those that it's mixed I suppose if you've had an amazing first year and you feel really confident it's a bit of a drag to do it again but if you've had um at the first ECT year where you weren't feeling that confident or you're still feeling like you need extra you've at least got that safety blanket but mm. yeah See, it's interesting because, yeah, I did the um, my NQT and I still remember it vividly. I remember at the beginning thinking, oh, my God. Uh, no, I am not. How on earth am I going to be a t- What? <laughs> like, especially at, like term three, it was only term three. You get like 80, 90 percent. And that was only really, you know, summer two. And let's be honest, summer two, things start to wind down, you know. So I was like, I'm not a proper teacher. I can't, and I got massive imposter syndrome, like right at the beginning. And those initial observations, I was absolutely breaking it. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm sweating. I'm, you know, all of this stuff. But then when I got to the end, I was like, thank God, it's over. Oh, my goodness. Like, I was ready. By that time, I was like, okay, I've been through enough. I've, I had, like, giant folders of evidence that have now just gathered dust because when are they ever going to be used again? Let's be honest, people. But I, it was such a fast – I mean, that's what teaching is, isn't it? It's such a fast-paced career that you're going to learn so much in such a quick space of time. So I did enjoy it. It was, it was intense, but – I'd already just done three years at university studying linguistics and doing, you know, like child language development, uh, bilingualism, a theory of language, all of that stuff. So I was like, okay, I've had, I've, I've, I've had my fill. Like I'm, I'm ready to go out now. But Kaylee, what was it like for you? It was quite intense over the year. The observations. I think it's almost what you might do in an ECT across two years. It's almost compacted into that one year. But I don't know if that's how it aligns or not. I was really lucky in my NQT year. I was at a school that had just was almost the base school that started an academy. So all our uh, MPQ training was in-house. And I was a year three teacher and I got to work alongside someone else who was in my PGC oh. group. We were both year three teachers together and obviously very enthusiastic, which was really nice. 
Oh, that's really nice. There you go. So I, I guess it's one of those we'll never know because you can't do both. Hopefully we'll get some feedback from this one as well. If you're listening this year, um, if you've just finished your year, tell us. Tell us what it was like. And also um, in September, we want to hear about your stories and how you're getting on. But the next question would be is probably a question that a lot of our listeners will will want to ask. Um, and I think it'd be better if Kaylee asks this one because she's probably on her mind as well. What do you think, Kaylee? <laughs> what does your average day in early years look like? Good question. Um. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's going to be um, very different to what Keely's is going to be because Keely's going in as an early years lead. I can just talk from a early years teacher point of view. So my day starts at about quarter to eight. I come in and I will look, check all my planning, get all my resources ready for the day, set up my continuous provision, go and get myself a cup of tea because that's the most important thing to get me through until lunchtime. <laughs> and I'm very lucky that I have got an amazing staff who work with me in my early years unit as well. So my TA does all what we call the admin jobs, but it's not really admin. It's like filling water bottles, filling up paint pots, you know, making sure that all those things are ready, pencil pots are ready. And then my day starts, the children come in at nine. We do a morning circle time, which usually is focused around either communication and language or understanding the world. Then they have their experience time, which is essentially their play, where they'll go out into the, the classroom. They'll access all the, the activities that we've put out that link to the session that we've just had on the carpet. Then they have a break. My children go outside and have break with the rest of the school, which I know isn't, you know, the done thing in a lot of schools, but I'm quite lucky that my children go out and they get to interact with some older children. Also gives me 10 minutes to kind of, you know, have another cup of tea and, you know, get things ready for my next session, which uh, is usually phonics. So we do a phonics session every day after break. And we use Twinkle Phonics. Just going to do another little name drop there for you. Yes. <laughs> then they have lunch. And then we do a maths input at the end of the day. And then they have a story and they go home. But after every input, they will access the uh, environment and the activities that we've set up. So a lot of my lunch time is spent you know, my break time is spent getting the the environment ready for whatever the next session's going to be. Mm, mm. I think you've hit on a lot of really key points there. So like continuous provision is probably a phrase that is like, I'm sorry, what? What on earth is that? <laughs> continuous provision is basically where your environment is adapted and it is set up so that the children can access uh, particular resources, particular skills, particular activities that they have built upon with you, with the adult, and then they continue to do it. That's why it's called continued provision, but they do it on an independent basis. Um, so I know, Kaylee, you've had a little bit of touch um, on that already, even though you're not even in early years yet. You've had experience. You want to tell us a little bit about um, how it's going? Yeah, so my school set up continuous provision. They've been running it in reception for quite a long time. And then year one, it's in its second year. Year two, we did the first year of it last year. Oh, that's fabulous. 
very exciting. I I went into the class I'm in as maternity cover originally about December time. So I was going into the setting when they'd already had it sort of set up and were in the midst of running it. And I remember the first day I walked in and I was like, this is so loud. This is chaotic. Mm. It's madness. <laughs> and now you can almost see exactly what they're doing and what they're learning just by watching them and asking and questioning what they're doing. So we've got almost like a creative area, a small world area, writing and maths areas and an outdoor space for them. Um, for us, where we're year two, we do set, we call them rainbow challenges. So we set challenges linked to previous learning or to help with retrieval practice throughout the week. And then they try to complete them throughout the week whilst also accessing the continuous provision areas as well. Yeah. Have you noticed a difference? I think this is an interesting perspective because now you've seen continuous provision with and without. Have you seen a, a difference in the children's learning with continuous provision? I think it's really hard to say only because of those COVID years where it's very obvious that they have missed quite a few years of learning and you can tell almost through their phonics and basic number skills there are there's a lack in some areas for some children Mm. so I think it'd be easier to tell after doing another year of it with our current year ones they're quite strong yeah but I think the year twos we've got where they've missed so much learning Mm. it's hard to pinpoint whether continuous provision has helped or if they would have been fine without continuous provision but I think they have really benefited from benefited sorry from the sort of social skills and team building element that continuous provision allows for yeah I think where they've missed so much that has that side of it has really benefited that's good and for the rest uh, I'll put a date in the diary for next year yeah you can let me know yeah yeah. yes (laughs) (laughs) but I think that's probably one of the scariest things I think especially you know perhaps if you're a year six teacher and then you have to come down into a classroom and it's just busy like there is things everywhere but it's not as scary as it looks like um Kaylee and Michaela said you have areas you know creative area role play area things like that it's just learning areas where you know in probably key stage two classrooms there's it's just like display boards and you have display boards of of the things that you're learning it's just you know in early years they're actually areas and you get to fill them with with things and and activities and so yeah that's probably a good one to clear up which is great uh in terms of getting ready for the day that's probably the tricky one and trying to sort out a timetable and things like that especially when there's a new curriculum do you have any worries or fears about a changing curriculum I think for me um where I this is my first year in early years it's quite nice that the curriculum I'm going to be using is the current one I've not had to uh, adapt to a new curriculum midway through my teaching yeah so for me sort of looking into early years and beginning to get my head around teaching it I am just looking at the new curriculum I'm not trying to compare to or get used to a new one when I'm already used to an old one um I did before I started the maternity cover I had a little bit of an experience in a nursery oh so seeing that side of it as well was quite nice yeah um, to be able to adapt and use those skills within sort of the early year setting as well Good, good, good. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we there's a 2021 reform of the early years framework. And it's quite handy, like you say, because it's there's been a year of it already, you know, like fully established. I know a couple of schools were doing it trialing a couple of years before, but it would always be useful if you are worried about, oh my goodness, what on earth is this curriculum? Go, go and speak to people who have just done the new reform, who've just done 2021, because they'll be able to to tell you what it's like, you know, with the, with the new curriculum and things like that. There's not a lot of differences in some areas. Obviously, there are some in lots. But I, I really like the way the earlier curriculum is set out compared, if I'm most honest, so the national curriculum. I feel like it's more... 
child friendly um, in terms of the language and things like that, uh, which is really nice. And they've really thought about it um, in terms of the adaptations. But Ashley, for you, I'm wondering, do you have any maybe tips or things that you've come across that will help new staff to early years think about a day in the life of or getting ready or setting up those days? Yeah, I think the main thing that we always tell um, our either trainees, if you just start your training year and you're going into your first placements, or if you are an ECT, it's just to try and ask as many questions as you can and try and just get as much understanding and asking the people who have lived it day in, day out um, for however long they've been there. Um, I think especially with things like the, the new curriculum and things, some government guidance can be really quite tricky to read and understand yeah. whereas if you're just asking someone the direct question they're going to say it in such like layman's terms they're going to say it's going to be easy for you to understand and I think that's what we've been getting from a lot of trainees and things that reach out to us it's trying to understand the guidance and trying to understand the guidelines of what they should be doing and and we obviously live and breathe it and have to understand it so we're just putting it out to them in really simple terms and like oh yeah I get it now I, I understand it why has it got to be so complicated um um, so yeah, definitely ask questions and then just try and throw yourself into it. Um, obviously, as an ECT, you will have to because it's your class. Um, but as a trainee, you can be quite nervous and not really want to step on toes. And it's just trying to push yourself, trying to get out of that comfort zone and just give it a go. Um, and you'll learn on the job and, and you'll get there. And And like you've said before, you learn so much so quickly that if 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 you try and think of everything that you need to do, it, you're just going to overwhelm yourself like you, you just will so it's it's giving yourself the grace of going okay I'm not going to be perfect straight away mm. I'm going to ask the people questions who I need to I'm going to take it all in I remember when I did um a little bit of time in nursery uh like Kaylee said and it is wild like I walked <laughs> in and I was like I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> and then suddenly I was there within a week doing tough trays and making play-doh and understanding all this stuff and it and it does make sense so it's just giving yourself that breath that first week is not going to be perfect that first month might not be perfect but you will get there if you give yourself some patience I love that that's so lovely and you're so right I think one of the really good things about early years as well is that you do have that freedom which I don't think the national curriculum has a lot of room for you can uh, experiment and go for things and change and because the idea is to be led by the children you do have that freedom to be like hang on I'm going to take a step back what are they doing what are they interested in where is this going for them and you follow that uh, which is actually really lovely it's a bit strange at first you're probably like I should be I should be um, I should be teach I should be at the front uh, doing something I should be they should be writing in books and it's like no no, don't. Welcome to our world. Come and play because there's so much learning done through play. I've got another episode on that, by the way, guys. Episode four. Go check it out. Um, like <laughs> it's so important. You know, if people on the outside world might think, oh, you just play all day. No, 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 no. There's so much going on, but you're you're just closer to them. You're interacting with them. You're part of their world. Uh, and it's just it's marvelous. So that's that's a really nice thing as well, isn't it? Like you've got that freedom. Relax. Every year is different as well. Every cohort is different, especially at that such young age. You're going to make mistakes. 10 years in, I still make mistakes. And you just, you keep going. It is, it's all right. Um, it's, that's the beauty of early. It's like a blessing, a blessing and a curse at the same time. <laughs> but here's a really interesting question that I'm pretty sure a lot of ECTs and new staff as well. It doesn't really matter what key stage you're going into. What is the workload like? So, Michaela, let us know. 
Um, not to sugarcoat it, at the very, very beginning, it was really difficult to try and find a good work-life balance. Um, I find it really hard to get my head around um, a lot of the paperwork and performers that you've got to use. But, you know, reaching out to your mentor and your tutor and things like that to, to actually sit down and go through in a meeting, go through those those key documents to make sure you know exactly what it is that you're supposed to be writing. You know, that that really helped me. And I find that as the year progressed and I got, you know, into a bit of a rhythm, I knew what it was that I was supposed to put in each box. You know, by the end of spring one, even, I would say I had a good work-life balance, but um from september to christmas it was hell <laughs> yeah oh bless you I, i'm just literally thinking back to my nqt year it's like piles and piles of evidence for every subject every observation you know you had to do you remember you had to keep the resources if you had a, a, like a formal observation they would have you'd have to put the planning in but then also all the resources so the amount of cutting and laminating i had to do and then stick it in a folder like and then look back years later, like, why have I, why, why, why is this in my folder? Why? Yeah. So in terms of ECTs, I can probably imagine, yeah, there's a lot of paperwork. Yeah. Thankfully now I don't have to actually keep a, like a proper evidence folder. It's all online. So I just have a Google Drive folder where I upload all of my um, meeting documents and my observations and my reflections and things like that. So uh, I haven't had to experience a hefty evidence folder in my ECT year (laughs) thankfully oh lucky you lucky you it's quite an experience but if you're not an ECT and you're coming in maybe from a different key stage especially for you Kaylee because you're going to be as a leader I've I've been an early years leader and I will say yes there is a lot of documentation but what I will say is especially with the reforms uh, they've really often have really taken into account less paperwork because it's taking that time away from the children and I really appreciate that because it's it's paperwork for paperwork's sake most of it let's be honest like we know what we're doing we've done the training teacher knowledge is absolutely 100% reliable like we know what we're doing you can see in the provision you can see the way children are behaving where they're at um that doesn't mean to say you can't you know you should not evidence anything but you know it's I feel like it's gotten better uh, especially with things like you know um online learning journals and records and things like that you know hopefully will make things a lot easier for you because of course if you're in a different key stage you know you'd have your English book and your maths book and your topic book and things like that in early years you don't it depends on, you know, kind of what setting you go to, but some might have a learning journal, some might have a busy book, some might just have um, a folder where they put all of their pieces in. So it really depends on that setting. But it is, yeah, it's very, in terms of documentation, it is very different. You might think, and it is a good thing. Great. No marking. Like, yes, there's so many marking. Oh, great. Um, so that is a benefit. Uh, but on the flip side to that, there there is the other evidencing. You know, it's about getting those areas. It's about taking the pictures. It, you know, things like that. Um, and especially for kind of like leadership, you have to really think about you know the Ofsted things that you need to put in, evidencing uh, that your leadership role. I remember when I was a leader, one of the best things they gave me as an advice was um, have a leadership log. So if Ofsted ever came in, um, you know, you get your leadership time like once a week. <laughs> If you're lucky, if something doesn't happen, (laughs) just write down all the things that you did. You know, if you were looking at a policy, if you were adapting a policy, if you were making a a letter for parents, if you were organising a, a, you know, a key stage trip or 
home visits you know just you know keeping a log of that is always really helpful to just for you as well yeah it's not that bad anymore I would say hopefully to give <laughs> our listeners a little bit a little bit of a rest you know they are starting to come off of workload and, and recognizing that early years is a full-on job like there is no time in the day to sit down like you don't get a 10 minutes to to do it like some settings like um Michaela's might be lucky to have a break where the kids go out for 10 minutes a lot of settings do not have that you are with the children from the minute they step in the door to the minute they leave like even lunch breaks um so they recognize there is no time in the day to to do that and we're only paid (laughs) nine till three some of us you know they're starting to realize that more work needs to be done but um yeah documents it's starting to get better Ashley have you had any feedback from ECTs about workload yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that now I think it's just an accepted part of the job. I think people sort of coming into the career now know that it's it's hard. And I think there are those stereotypes of, you know, we play with the children all day and then, you know, you get golden time every single day for about three hours or something. And it's just not the case. Yeah. And it is difficult. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing, but I'm I'm really <laughs> I'm really angry. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 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 a really difficult one because we try and give as much advice as we can, but it's 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 for the individuals to sort of find out how best they work. So we've had a lot of questions come into us like how do I manage my time? How do I do time management? And we've got a couple of lives. We do Facebook lives and we've got a couple of those on those specific things. But it is generally just trying to work out what works for you. You can be a highly organized individual and you do things and everything's got a place in your classroom and everything is perfect and you know where everything is. I was not that person. <laughs> I, I was the person with the, st- uh, the stack of paperwork on the desk that I kind of understood where it was. Yeah, I was awful. My, my TA... <laughs> My TA spent most of her day doing hide and seek with me where I put the sheet and it, it was, it, but that was just how I am as a person, but it was kind of organized chaos. Sort yeah. Of. Um, so it's really hard to just come up with like one piece of advice for people, but it's, again, it comes down to just working out what works for you. If it's an everyday type thing, if it's sorting, you, you do things on a, on a Wednesday or this is what you want to do your PPA doing and all those things. It's just, it can be highly daunting when you're coming into it but you will get yourself in a rhythm and you and you will find it. And then, you know, if you are trying different things and you are finding that you're working till goodness knows when at, at night, then it might be a case of, as much as I don't want to say, it, you can almost be too perfect in teaching, I think. You can mm-hmm. always strive to finish that to-do list that will never get done. They, yeah. they just, you to do this, you'll never tick everything off. And I think if you're going in there thinking, I've got to get these 10 things done by the end of the day, and you don't and you stay until school until you do you've got to find that balance yourself you've got you've got to prioritize and you've got to see what works for you and and where you cut off whether that's a certain time whether that's a certain amount of tasks whatever it is you've just got to find right this is enough and go and spend time being you because you are more than a teacher you are yourself as well and I think yeah it it can be hard but yeah it, it is a difficult difficult year oh Ashley oh isn't she lovely isn't she lovely but I completely concur like I think another thing I think is really important to point out is there it it depends on your work-life style if doing lots of paperwork um on the evenings so that you have your weekends free makes you feel better makes you feel less stressed do you if it's too much 
and you're knackered by the end of the day. And so you'd rather have that time recuperating and spending time with friends and family on the evenings and then leave the work to the weekend. You do you. There is no right or wrong. You know, I think I remember teaching or you know training there was a little bit like oh you're working on the weekends and of course we don't want you to but if that is a way where you still have your work-life balance like there's no wrong or right way to do it it's however it makes you feel if it stresses you out when people say oh you shouldn't be doing this and oh you shouldn't come over you shouldn't go over in the summer holidays um but then you're completely stressed and overwhelmed in September because you you you've got loads more to do listen to your gut. Like Ashley said, listen to your gut, listen to what feels right, but also, you know, give that time for you as well. And I think another thing about early years is because the day is so unpredictable, you might have a plan. You might, you might get in on Monday morning and be like, right, okay, I'm going to do five observations today. Then I'm going to do some highlighting, you know, after work for about half an hour. Then the mightiest of poon armies happens. (laughs) Okay. And I'm not, (laughs) I'm not being overdramatic. I've, pretty sure one of my worst days I had about 10 punamis in one day it was a great day Um, and of course you're completely right off and by the end of the day right I want to go and have a shower and I go I want to go watch some Netflix okay and that's okay Um, so if you want to plan that's great but be prepared for the day to maybe you know not turn out the way we thought but be kind to yourself about that it's okay that's life so especially for you, Michaela, thinking about this last year that you've had, what are your key reflections? What kind of some of the key lessons that you're going to, you're going to take away from your ECT year? My biggest thing that I find at the beginning of my ECT year was I came into the ECT year and was really focused on making my classroom look pretty and look nice. And I think reflecting back on that, Obviously, your your classroom needs to be accessible to the children. It needs to, you know, you need to make sure that you've got all those key areas in there and that all the areas, you know, that they're planned for and things like that. But a pretty area isn't necessarily going to do anything for your children. I find sometimes that I can set up the most fantastic tough tray in like September, October time when I first started and it was beautiful. But in about 30 seconds, it was ruined and then they were not bothered with it. They went off to play somewhere else. Yeah. So that time that I could, that I was spending an hour putting together this tough tray, I could have used um, in a more productive and effective manner, maybe building relationships with the staff that I'm working with or, you know, doing a little bit more research on pedagogy or, or, or whatever, just making sure what you're when you're doing things, ask yourself, what are the children getting out of this? Am I just doing this for the sake of me? You know, it, so that I can say I've done this fantastic tough train, it looks great. Or, you know, what are they learning when they're accessing this activity? The second thing is don't reinvent the wheel. If you have things at hand and you have got fantastic resources there for you, use them. We are accessing Twinkle Phonics and we're doing that from nursery all the way through the school and we find it a huge time saver that it's, it, we've got everything there for us. Um, I, I access all of my last year's plans and the teachers before me. Each setting's different. We've got a Google Drive where we have 
we upload all our planning to. And it's as simple as typing in the name of the book and all the plans will come up from previous educators and people who've worked in the setting. So I always go to there first before I, you know, sit and work things out myself. And that has been a, a real time saver. I think it's being savvy with your time and yeah don't reinvent the wheel make sure what you're doing is 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 effective and it's not just wasting your time (laughs) here here lovely well done (laughs) um Kaylee what would be what are you looking forward to you know we've talked a lot about preparing and things like that but what are you looking forward to uh in starting in your new role in early years in September it's like just getting in there I think from what Michaela was saying you just made me reminded me for our stay and play sessions, we'd set up loads of lovely activities for them. They were coming in with their parents. We'd set up a tough tray with like sea creatures and shaving foam and another water area. And I'd seen on Instagram, someone had a solar powered water fountain. It's only small. Oh, wow. But you can get it for your water area. And I was like, that looks amazing. They're going to love it. Within 10 minutes, they'd put all the shaving foam in the water tray. Yeah. The water fountain didn't work. And someone had tipped it all over the floor and it was suddenly, there'd been a massive volcano and they were saying, ah, the lava, but we can't go near it. Um, I think it's just those types of experiences I know from like our stay in place and our induction session with the children that they just come out with some things. I know I'm going to probably have a lot of stress, have a lot of hard times this year, but I'm looking forward to sort of just getting used to a new year group experiences and new challenges and definitely having some good one-liners at the end of the year from we've had a few already (laughs) from some of the children oh well it's going to be like that for everyone but that's really nice to hear that you're still positive about it and yeah you know what early years is a challenging job but my goodness is it rewarding and oh you're going to see the children grow progress change and they're they are they are hilarious all right they speak their mind they they let it out and it just every day is so fun and so exciting and I'm really I'm really excited for you Kaylee you're gonna have such a lovely time and to be a lead as well that's just that's really exciting um Ashley do you have any kind of lasting things that you want our listeners to take away from this episode yeah I mean I think the one thing that I always try and drum into anyone that asks for advice or how to prepare is for me always having the question what next in your head for whatever you're doing if you are a trainee teacher and you are reflecting on your lessons or you you know you've been observed and you've had feedback it's a case of thinking right what next what can you do to improve what worked what went didn't what would you like to improve and it's the same as sort of what Michaela and Kaylee were saying about um you can make things so beautiful and you can spend hours on resources I mean Twinkle have got beautiful resources that you have access to (gasps) another plug um but you, if you're if you're making resources yourself, um, which some schools do sort of ask you to do, it's a case of you can spend hours and hours and hours making it look beautiful, and it's a case of is that actually helping the children, like like Kaylee Michaela said. But yeah, just always thinking what next, always having those reflections in your head, jumping into to opportunities, doing an after school club if you've got time and space in your brain to do it. Just trying to take as many opportunities as you can. Do some CPD if you can. And just try and always be learning because no teacher, no matter how many t- how many years you've done the job, ever think that they are the complete teacher. And I think if you go in, in with that mindset as a trainee or an ECT, that you're constantly wanting to learn and improve from others, you're going to be amazing. Oh, I love that. And the thing is as well, like... We're, uh, 10 years down the line we're all learning there's nothing you'll never stop learning and that and that's a good thing and that's an exciting thing um but that's that's definitely really nice and I would say as well 
the community, the earliest community, the ECT and trainee community are amazing. So we've got um, Twinkle early years groups, um, ECT Facebook groups. We're all, you know, we're both on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Come and ask us questions um, because that's what we're here for. Come and reach out to the community. We're here. So um, what we usually do is we, we usually do the Would You Rather Teacher Edition at the end, but I wanted to flip things around today and do the questions from our listeners because this week they didn't send in questions. They actually sent in messages of support. So we're going to do a little bit of an emotional one to end, guys. All right. To say thank you to you guys for coming on and sharing your expertise and your experiences. And also to our wonderful listeners who are perhaps feeling anxious or worried or stressed or even excited about September. Um, Here are some messages from our listeners. Roz says, embrace the madness. Sarah says, none of us really know what we're doing. Just look as though you think you know, until you actually do know, and nobody will suspect a thing. Plus, don't wear anything precious. There is potential for paint, snot, or pen on all of it. Plus, kids are hilarious, so enjoy yourself. Joe says, set up the night before, have a timetable, and aim to stick to it. Make it fun, but purposeful. Be flexible. Spend autumn term focusing on the basics, that's a good one, and keep repeating them to get them embedded. It will pay off after Christmas. Elizabeth says, stretchy trousers, ultimate comfort for when sitting on the floor or tiny chairs. Pinterest is your new best friend, along with the works and Poundland and Flying Tiger. I'm going to put that one in. Nadia says, don't overthink it. Enjoy being with the children and don't put too much pressure on yourself. Much love and good luck. Early years is an amazing place to be. And in all honesty, people do overthink it. It's time to get to the root of early years and give the children what they deserve, our time. Kirsten says, love every single day. Embrace the challenges and take pride in helping little people on the start of their education journey. Also can't be closing knots of alcohol. I'm not endorsing the alcohol, but that was, that was Kirsten. Claire says, develop your patience. Be prepared to be flexible and have fun. Joanne says, chocolate, alcohol. Again, that was Joanne, not me. And lots of kids tapping you. Enjoy though, it's fab. Laura says, enjoy the little people. You're doing an amazing job. Be a swan. However frantically you are swimming, remember you can look graceful and look like you're in control whenever you feel like you're not. Also, we're all in it together, whatever, to celebrate, cry, or just be puzzled with. Abby gives some really good advice. Have an emergency teacher chocolate cupboard. I endorse that one. That's a good one. Lou says, expect the unexpected. Nothing is off limits. The things you never thought could possibly ever come out of your mouth do pretty much every single day. It's tiring. Some days you can barely keep your eyes open, but every day is different and so much fun. Jennifer says, build relationships and a team with your little people first and the rest will follow. You're halfway there already then. I'm a firm believer in spending the first weeks building a little team of teachers and the little people building relationships, bonding, getting to know each other, anything after that, and you can handle, mostly. We had a great year because we all knew each other inside out and we've been so lucky together. Lastly, Michelle says, expect the unexpected and go with the flow. Don't expect everything to go to plan. Take in the small wins and keep smiling.
lovely. Really cute. <laughs> it's really nice. We've got such a lovely supportive team, as I said before. Um, our Facebook groups, our uh, in- Instagram. Ashley's on ECT and training as well. There's so many people out here that are here to help you, whether you're an ECT, a trainee, new to the early years from a different key stage, or you've been in the job for 15 years. It doesn't matter. We're just here for you. Um, so thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing uh, your experiences with us. I know that our listeners are really going to benefit from from listening to you. And for our listeners, when you're, you're listening to this uh, episode, if there's anything that comes up, just give us all a message. We're here for you. And... I suppose the last thing to say is really have a lovely summer and good luck for September. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, there you have it. Wasn't the end of that episode so lovely? And I can tell you, it was really difficult to narrow down the quotes I was going to use for this episode. When we put an appeal out on our social media to ask for your guys' advice and help and support, you replied in droves. There were dozens and it was so beautiful. So if your quote didn't make it to the episode, don't worry. All of you keep an eye out for our social media pages because every day this week on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're going to be posting a selection of your quotes from the many, many, many that we got. And hopefully by the end of the week, we'll all be filled with so much love that we won't get any of that September dread. Now, if you still have questions or you're still feeling a little bit worried about starting, talk to us. That's what we're here for. Contact us, find us on our social media, and we'll help you as best we can. It's always really good to talk to friends other teachers as well, and perhaps talk to your team to see what support they can give you. September always does feel a bit daunting, but I promise you're going to have such a wonderful time. And please keep us all updated with how you're getting on. But for now, that is the end of the episode. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful summer, and I can't wait to see you in the next couple of weeks. See you soon. So that's it from today's episode. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you really enjoyed it. If you would like to get involved or would like to know more, come and find us on our social media sites. We have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and TikTok account. All of the details will be in the description. And whatever you're doing, I hope you have a great day today.